I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. Are you going to say anything? Yeah, you usually say, this is Mike. And I say, this is Kate. I know. But when I looked at you, when I started talking, you were rolling your eyes looking. At I ceiling. wasn't rolling my eyes. I was gathering myself. Oh, okay. So we... I don't... I generally... I roll... I don't... Eye rolling is not like a thing Yeah, you didn't I roll do. your eyes. Sorry. You were looking at the ceiling. No. Yes. Actually, total side note, but there's data that like you can actually watch nonverbal behaviors. So like body language and nonverbal cues between marriages and like a certain number of eye rolls and like leaning away and these various signs will show whether or not a relationship is going to work out statistically speaking. And eye rolling is like a huge um, problem indicator. So like that's a problem basically. Oh yeah. 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 And also just generally I'm not an eye roller. That's true. Okay. Sorry. Sorry people. Occasionally I will roll my eyes at people on the internet. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But not so much at my husband. <laughs> so let's actually talk a little bit about... So let's talk about... Give me the title of what we're talking about today. Okay, so, people... so today I'm so excited because this is one of my all-time favorite things to talk about, which is planning. So I already have mapped out like the two weeks that Mike and I are going to spend at the end of the year doing our... 2019 year end review and 2020 annual planning. And we did a whole episode on that. I believe if it wasn't last year, it was the year before and we will link to it Mm -hmm. in the show notes. Honey, where can people go to read the show notes? Kaneorthrop.com forward slash podcast. Yeah. But like, is it, do we do it like as you know, the episode number? It's each episode. So if you go to kaneorthrop.com forward slash podcast, everything is listed there. That you would just you go would click to on the, the this today's yes, episode. Correct. Okay. <laughs> correct. Well, because I listen to other people's podcasts and they're like, you can go to, you know, katenorthup.com forward slash one, two, three, if it was episode 123. Do we do that? We don't. Oh. We give the title. <laughs> we good. Of, I mean, the whole title of whatever the post okay. is inside of. So we, basically the way it's structured on a website, is like a blog, right? Yes. So you have blogs, there's multiple articles, you know, in, if you go to knorthodiet.com forward slash blog, there's multiple blog posts. It's the podcast is set up the same way where it's a lot of blogs. So we can start incorporating that into the description of the podcast episodes, actually. That would be helpful. So as well. So you can, if you're on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to in the description, it we can start including link. certain links in there. We can work on that in the future, but I could, I can, I'm making a note to Great. put that together because um, um, we do have some, or we could just link out to the actual, I'll check, but I thought we were linking out in the descriptions to the actual post on kate.com okay. forward slash podcast great that's where the show notes are that was a lot of minutiae for you listeners but yeah. you know this is a great example that like business is a living breathing thing and we're always tinkering mm-hmm. we're always working on stuff so anyway you can go back and in the show notes at katenorthup.com forward slash podcast for this today's episode on how to use strategic planning to get the biggest results with less stress in 2020 you can listen to our year-end review annual planning episode because we give a whole rundown Mm -hmm. on how we do it. If you are an Origin member, you also have a how-to training within Origin on our whole process, including a download. And we have a bunch of our Origin empresses who are blocking out their calendar for a couple of days to do their year-end review and annual planning. And I created a whole curriculum for them of lessons in Origin to take with them having to do with our prioritization lessons, our how to set goals in alignment with who you are, the annual planning, whatever. So if you're not a member of Origin, we are going to do an opening real quick in December just to close out the year and prep you for a powerful start for January. So you can head over to origincollective.com and hop on the wait list. Okay. So we are going to talk about, oh, you want to talk about the other thing first. Well, we have some reviews. Okay. Kate we have wants some to avoid stuff talking, to we'll do. Talk about. I'm going to read a couple of reviews, but first I want to talk about a review that came in recently where I'm not going to read the review, but it was they really enjoyed the podcast, but they, they it came up again about... This was the old episode when we were talking about my 
drinking and drugs and all that stuff back in the day. And what was the name of that? I can't remember the name of that one right now. But it was about addiction. Oh yeah, the addiction podcast. Addiction so it was it was around choosing to live awake. Yes, it was around Kate correcting my grammar on there. So we've had a few people that have wrote in about that. We've addressed this on previous episodes. But I would like to, because Kate and I were discussing this before we started recording, and she brought up some really good thoughts on it. And so I, I think we should address that. But also, just to be clarify, to start off, like it does not bother me when Kate is correcting my grammar. Like it, it, it's bothering for the listeners, a few of you that have voiced in about this. But when Kate is correcting it, usually it's because I'm speaking inappropriately. Well, not inappropriately. Not inappropriately. But in, uh, what's the correct word? Like just not good. <laughs> Which just, I mean, this is really hard because like just right now you said a few people have wrote in. Which it's actually what's correct is a few people have written in. Oh, written in. Okay. So things like that. So that's a great example, real life, right? So that's very helpful for me because English is clearly, if you think English was my strong suit in school, then wow. But it was not, right? It was always my weakest. It's everything that I have. And so I've been trying to work on it over time, which I, it's constant. going to be the rest of my life. Anyway, you brought up a lot of about that episode because that is where we get the that's where we've had the most feedback around this and now we're not talking like 20 30 40 people like there's been there's been two or three or four right that have come in but it's also this is a it's like a it's triggering for you so i want to just explain what you were explaining to me before we started recording about like that episode in particularly and what happened there's so many layers here one of them is I grew up in a household where we were being constantly corrected on our English. So at this point in my development, I cannot listen to you speak without noticing all of the errors. And I so want to say all of them, but I don't because I don't think it's helpful, but it create there's tension. So mm-hmm. there's tension, especially I'm just being really transparent. When we record our podcast, it's particularly a lot of friction intention because of that with intention or tension no, it's tension i feel tension inside of me because there's an error and i want to say something but i also know that a it will mess with the flow of the podcast b most people probably don't care and c we've had people write in about this particular episode the addiction one saying you know it was too much and so what was happening in that particular episode is that We went to record the addiction episode, which to date has been one of our most downloaded ones ever. It kind of went bananas. And I did not know. You know, here's the thing. Some people have highly, highly planned podcasts where they follow their outline and they never say anything else. And a lot of people read them. So it's scripted and they literally just sit down to read a recording. I mean, a read a pre-written transcript. Yep. Yeah. Which is fine. It's just not how we do it. And because there's two of us, like sometimes the episode goes in a different direction than maybe one of us was expecting. And so that particular episode, I thought we were going to go one direction around addiction and talking about it. But you like really the whole episode became about you and your story, which was amazing. And it's really hard for me as someone who loves you to hear about some of the dark things in your past because it makes me really sad. And so when that was happening, because you shared some things on that episode that I actually had never heard before. And sometimes I will stop you in real life because I'm like, I don't want to hear about like, I don't. And this is hard. Like, you know, when you talk about your one roommate who was totally high all the time and his dog would like poop all over the rug and like, and the, there was a time when you live like that. It just makes me so sad and like, oh, so what was happening is that I think unconsciously I was lashing out because I was feeling so uncomfortable and I was correcting you more. And so I feel badly about that. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, it's as I said, it's okay in my for my perspective, you know, for me. But I, I, I also just want to. I mean, the reason that we brought this up that I wanted to talk about. Why are you bringing it up? Because I really wasn't like, hey, let's start the episode here. Because no, it was I it's understanding why we get 
are triggered by certain things, right? Like your parents and your sister are unbelievably in the written word. Like it's it's a really amazing thing to witness, right? And so for me, that's not a skill set that I actually have. And how as you were becoming uncomfortable, it's like these things that we are built with, right? These I'll just call them these triggers around English speaking correctly, right? It gets amplified. And I would also assume probably some people, there could be, I don't know these folks that wrote in, but like maybe that happened in their household too. You know, maybe it was something that was constantly interrupted. I have no idea, right? This is a theory that I'm coming up with right now, but it's like, as so we're always, so it's always helpful to kind of check in when situations are taking place because listening to that episode might make certain people uncomfortable. Maybe it's their father that was an alcoholic. Maybe it's their kids that have been addicted to drugs. Maybe it's their partners, right? There's somebody in their life that have gone through a circumstance and by you being uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable, uncomfortable, discomfort, discomfort was, that was a okay correction, folks. I was, I was searching for help. Um, it was it like brings this stuff up more. And I think it's just something as we're going through these podcasts and as we're living life, like these type of things happen. So I think it's just a good thing to share overall because I didn't understand, you know, like you're what you were sharing with me beforehand. I didn't understand that. Like, that's not something I knew about you listening to that made you so uncomfortable. I mean, it's not an excuse. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to say that it is an excuse. Right. It's just it's un, it's it's having empathy for everybody's circumstances that's taking place. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in this together. So our still like we're recording this an hour a week, but like we also live together. We're also with each other. However many hours are in it's 24 hours times seven. What is that like? A we're not with each other 24 hours a day. No, but like Let's in our clear. life, we're operating life together 24 yes. hours a day, 365. Right. You know, as a couple, like there's a lot of dynamics that take place in dollars. So anyway, that was hopefully that was helpful. I don't know. Anyway, we're just going to go back into some amazing reviews coming in from Canada. This is this is we're working through the internationals. I know a couple oh, of you hit me Canada, up. A couple of you have hit me up about. Oh, I think I'll just keep talking and then you <laughs> sing the national anthem of Canada. In the I background. did this. So my freshman year at college, I signed up for this. We did these like I can't remember what they were called, but they were like really small seminars with our advisor. And they were only 12 people. And my advisor was this amazing woman who still is in the dance department at Brown, Michelle. And her, it was like, it was sort of like interpretive dance, emotional processing, movement meditation. Like it was really pretty out there. And like one of our final dance pieces was we had to do this whole like it was sort of like this expressive there was really no structure we could just do whatever we wanted and they were solos and so part of mine included me with the canadian flag singing the canadian national anthem and it was symbolic of something which i cannot recall anyway so, so you know the whole canadian national anthem no really just about the part that i just sang i sang it over and over and over again oh. like yeah. Anyway, the thing about modern dance is you really sometimes can just do whatever you want. It was a weird class, but I appreciated it. Okay. Modern, that modern dance was anytime, a total side note. Anytime I've seen modern dance, I mean, it's like you're just, you're in the flow of what you're currently in and just moving. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing place to start like college and just be like, oh, so. Your college. And she, experience. a lot of the classes, she would just have us close our eyes and listen to music and move our emotions. I mean, it's just amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so grateful. Michelle Bach-Kulabali. Shout out to Michelle. Okay. Your college experience was so much better. It was different. Than mine. Yeah, well, it, was different. it was different. Yeah. I had a, mine was, yeah, fun. But like I would say from the academic perspective, we'll put it that way. Well, it's way better. Anyway. Okay. So we have self-care love. So anybody that I read the reviews today, you can just hit me up on uh, Instagram, Mike J. Watts, and I will send you a little care package in the mail. So this is from Self-Care Love, real talk in a hopeful, playful package. Love listening to the Kate and Mike each week. The transparent way they share their lives is so refreshing. And I was very moved while listening to episode 156 about the opportunity illness presents. Mike's openness about his healing journey and before and after of his mindset much needed in our world as a mom of two boys 
I'm always seeking examples of conscious men for them to aspire to. In this vein, thanks for conversations about masculinity, fatherhood, and faith that you have had on the show. Mike, I hope that you have full and lasting healing and lots of joy in the life ongoing. Kate, sharing how illness while up-leveling rang some alarm bells for me. Similar events have happened for me, but I've never connected them until much later. I've started to adopt your body first business second practice, and it's making a positive difference in my life and work. That's amazing. Yay. Thank you for all of the care you put into these discussions. You're making a difference. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. When she said it rang some alarm bells, I was like, oh, no. But I understand (laughs) what she's saying now. Yes. Um, It was she like it resonated with her. It did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if you have not seen, I posted uh, about 10 photos of my experience about a year ago with details of my entire body and what it looked like on Instagram. So people have written a lot of amazing feedback on that. So that's been, I mean, not just comments on what it was like. And it was pretty extreme. It's crazy to look at those photos. Uh, This is from Five Ring Circus. Exactly what I was looking for. My husband and I opened a business together January of 2019. A friend turned me on to the podcast last week and I haven't stopped listening to yours since. (laughs) Everyone I'm listening to... I am learning so much and feeling so pumped to carry forward our business together. Thank you so much for such a great podcast program. That's awesome. Thanks for listening, Five Ring Circus. Yes. Good luck. And this, uh, you know what? This podcast we're going to talk about today, the topics, is very relevant to working in business with someone. It is. As well as, you know, if you have your own business, et cetera, you don't have a partner in your company. But this is a great little episode for doing partnership with business. Yeah, solo or in partnership. This is going to be helpful for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, This is from Pond Drop. What a name. I like that. Authenticity that shines in the sea of bull dot dot dot. (laughs) And I don't know if it was cut off, but I'm just going to finish it for you. Bullshit. And this is since launching headfirst into a life as an entrepreneur, I have been reading and listening to so many resources on how to build my business. I find a lot of podcasts and methods take a male centered aggressive approach. Yeah, get it done. That's <laughs> that, I added that part in. that. There are so many quote, do exactly what I did to make millions while you sleep. End quote. I just rolled my eyes. Yes. <laughs> and he snorted. And you snorted at the same time. Scams out there that are simply businesses earning money from entrepreneurs who want to earn more money, but aren't interested in actually helping. They only care about their bottom line. Kate and Mike aren't like that. I was skeptical at first. Oh, yes. Be skeptical. (laughs) Skeptical is my first name. Well, not so much anymore, but it was. That's Mike. I added that part. I was skeptical at first, but their casual style and authentic hearts won me over. Their idea of what success is aligns with mine. Success is having a life worth living, not a fat bank account. I mean, a fat bank account is nice. A sick body and broken relationships. They back up what they say with evidence and science most of the time, too. Most, most of, of the time. Most, I, I like love it. that. It's my favorite part. Most of the time. <laughs> most of all, they make me feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> like I'm not the only one who doesn't know what she's doing. And that is totally normal. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for Pond Drop. Thank you. Um, You are definitely not the only one who does not feel like they know what they're doing. I also do not feel like I know what I'm doing in certain areas. Our friend Noah, Noah Levy, sent me an article. I will tell you, I have not read it yet, but it's a really good title. So I, and then we'll jump into, we'll come to the episode, diving more into what our topic is. But it's on Inc. Magazine and it is, we'll link this up in the show notes, but it's the Netflix co-founder says entrepreneurs should constantly remind themselves that nobody knows anything. Here's how to overcome the skepticism that greets new ideas. Hmm. So I look forward to reading that article, but that I thought that was funny, especially with the comment that was left here. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in. So it is now, this episode is coming out November 5th. And so it is the time, folks, when we are in the final weeks of the decade. We are in the final weeks of 2020. We have about, you know, eight or nine weeks left. I haven't counted. And at this point, really, as soon as Q3 closes out, I begin to think about the next year. Now, I'm a total future tripper, so I'm thinking about the future all the time, sometimes at two in the morning when I can't sleep. 
But (laughs) I love thinking about the future. I love planning. I love mapping things out. In fact, when I went to California last week, I spent some solid time on the airplane mapping out the first half of 2020. And I'm going to share with you, which of course I will share with mine. I I don't know what that plan is. You do. I mean, somewhat, yes. You know what the point is. But I haven't been updated. With all the things... Okay, so I'll just be... Just to be clear, it's not like I'm planning our business without Mike. It was all the things that we knew we were doing. I just put them in the calendar. Yes. Which I think... Which is two different things. Yep. So Kate talked about earlier about the plan, the podcast we did about our plan. And usually we do this in December. Yeah. And I remember last year, which is why I'm going to say it now so we can schedule this when we get off. Because we talked about not doing it in December. It's a little too late. We talked about doing it around (laughs) Thanksgiving time frame, like the week of Thanksgiving or in the week after to close anything out. We needed to just because of it's a little bit too late. And now that we have team members, et cetera, planning their lives, we need to do the same thing. So, well, so, so as a company, we are already in these planning conversations. Like as soon as October rolls around, we're thinking, okay, what are we doing in January, February? Because as a company, Occasionally, we will get an idea and just run with it like the same month. But it's quite rare that we would do that because we already have things on the calendar and we already have a promotional plan. We already have an editorial calendar. There's, you know, our people with schedules like so that doesn't happen very much. It used to be it was sort of just Mike and I in a VA. We were totally flying by the seat of our pants and we would just be like, hey, let's do this this month. Okay, next month, let's do this. And while that was kind of fun, it always felt like for me, it felt a little crazy. And and so I prefer the way we do it now, which Mm -hmm. is that we have our promotional calendar right now. We have everything mapped out through May of 2020. And then we also already have something scheduled for September of 2020. And already looking at what we're doing in October as well of Mm -hmm. 2020. So we are looking out a year in advance. I love doing that because and P.S. like (laughs) with the way my parents schedules were, we always had a calendar on our refrigerator. We had one of those erasable calendars on our refrigerator. And my whole we always planned out a year in advance for, you know, family vacations or the school calendar or my mom's you know, travel or whatever. And so that's how I was raised. It feels very normal to me. It it feels very relaxing Mm -hmm. to my central nervous system. So I think part of that is why I love planning is that I was raised this way. And I'm also a recovering control freak. So I've chosen this career for a reason. It's good. And I I feel like the to to start into what we're talking about is also because we mentioned earlier, if you have a business partner, it's good to bring them into this scenario as well. But also if you are, let's say you're a solo entrepreneur, but you have a partner at home, like an adult partner, right? But you're not in business together. There is so many benefits to sit down and plan with that other person. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, it's like to make... Now, it doesn't mean you have to share with them your entire business structure of 2020, but at least to be on the same page of what's taking place. Like Kate and I have talked about our money meetings. We've talked about our Monday morning planning sessions. Like this is so beneficial because most people don't work together. You know, most couples are not actually working together. So to make sure that there is planning taking place, it eases that stress or that burden or the freak out you know, having conversations, who's picking up the kids today, who's not picking up the kids, right? So all of Oh my of these, God, you didn't tell me you were going out with your buddies. Right. You like know, all of this stuff, right? It's just like the benefit of actually using a calendar. And if this is hard <laughs> to use a calendar, which it was for me when we started together. Yeah. When we met, Mike just kept track of what he needed to do in his head. Yeah. Which I've been doing for a long time. You can do that when you're young. It's so but, hard uh, for me to believe that that was possible. Yeah, but now I, I would say I it now there's way more going on and there has been. So now it can just be in the calendar and then it actually it's far less stress when it's in the calendar because people will be like, oh, let's go do this. And I'm like, well, hold on. Let me check the calendar. So I think that to preface this, we have three key things for you today. But we're, I'm going to preface it by saying if you don't have some sort of calendar system, pick one. 
Yeah, like like yeah. Google Calendar is what we use. Mm-hmm. And then I also each year or Apple Calendar is fine. Or Apple Calendar is fine. I also each year though I get one of those erasable at a glance calendars like from Staples so that I can see there's something really satisfying for me about seeing the year and everything all the big stuff like travel, big promotions, things like that all at the same time because what I can see visually is if it's too crowded. Mm-hmm. Like there's a yes. certain amount of empty space that I know I need to feel good in our family and in my body. And I can see an overcrowded schedule much easier in a one year at a glance than I can in Google Calendar. So I we use both. Yep. We also are coming out with the do less planner. It will be for pre-order if just you have to wait until the end of this episode to find out if it's available or not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've had there's like uh this is it's a complicated process is to print something but don't you think whether it's available for pre-order or whether they can get on the wait list they could still go to katenorthrop.com forward slash planner that's correct okay but definitely either the pre-order page is going to be up or the wait list page will be up so you can can go to katenorthrop.com forward slash planner and at least get your name on the wait list but you might be able to pre-order it today so it's a uh, guessing. Just pause the episode right now and go find out. As you find out, it'll be it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we also have created this do less planner to guide people. I mean, this is really the 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 expression, the closest thing of the expression of my insides, putting it on the outside yeah. in paper. And we're gonna have a whole um, episode dedicated. We'll do to a this. whole episode about the planner, but for now, what I'll be using for 2020 is the combination of my Google Calendar my at-a-glance wall calendar, and my do-less planner. Because the do-less planner actually includes annual spreads, so you can see everything at the same time. Because I wanted to do that so that I had another place that didn't necessarily require dry erase markers. Okay, so pick a calendar is really like the pre-work. Now, step one is to really look at 2020 And based on your goals, based on what you know you have on your plate, based on your desires, and I am, you know, I'm talking about this from the business lens. Of course, personal life is very important as well. But just from a business standpoint, around your goals, around what you want to create in 2020, I really love the question, like, if everything were to have gone better than you even thought possible, what would have come to pass? by December of 2020? And what would have been required to make that happen? So asking yourself those questions is going to allow your subconscious mind to tap into possibilities that you may not have even known were there in terms of solutions, support, things like that. So that's something that I'm working on with. Say these questions again. If everything were to have gone better than you even thought possible, what would have come to pass by December of 2020? And when you say come to pass, what's that mean? What happened? Oh, okay. What results did you create? Great. And then, So the ideal life that you would like at the, the end of The ideal scenario, here's what happened in 2020. So you have to project yourself into December of 2020 and you're reflecting on the year and you're like, wow, it was beyond my wildest expectations. Here's what happened. And then the second question is, what was required in order to allow those things to happen? What was required? And so I can't tell you that because I don't know your life. (laughs) But after you list the results that you want to create, you really do need to ask what was required. Because if something different was not required to create those results, you would have already created those results. But what's required might be support in various areas. It might be that you stop doing this one thing and start doing this other thing. It may be certain training or coaching that you need. I don't know. I don't know. But ask your subconscious what was required in order to allow these things to happen. And it may be leaning into a part of yourself and expanding a part of yourself. I know for me, I'm not going to get into details right now, but I just made a very big decision that breaks a pattern that I have been carrying out since I was a child. And it has to do with going solo on a project that I know 
that decision was required for me to step into this level of power and wisdom, that decision, like going this alone, this one project alone was one of the things that is required. And I know it'll be, I will look back at 2020 and know that that decision made in October, 2019 set the whole thing in motion, like for making tremendous growth happen. Not necessarily from a revenue perspective, though I'm sure it will result in that. But really, like when I think about growth, I think about being all of who we know we can be. Because I think a lot of us have untapped potential. Mm -hmm. So you look at it different than saying like, we're taking a revenue from $100,000 to $500,000. I mean, you know, I love talking about revenue growth. But yeah, like I feel like in the entrepreneurship space, we can get really pigeonholed into thinking about growth as only revenue. And to be perfectly honest, between 2018 and 2019, our revenue did not grow. It's going to no, have it's been not. solid. We are currently they behind revenue for at this time. last Slightly. Year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll all come out about the same, yeah. you know, within. But like, think about it from the growth that has happened. This is what I'm saying. Yes. We grew like crazy in 2018 and 2019 like we are different people yes than january 2018 in a lot of profound profound ways that i believe will result in revenue growth down the line but the personal growth has to come first and without the personal growth first the revenue spikes are usually unsustainable Boom. I think Look the personal growth is is far more important and it does automatically result in revenue growth, you know, if you have the good strategies on board. Yeah, so that's Obviously helpful. Obviously, you have to take action. <laughs> that's helpful when you're laying out even your, like those two questions that Kate asked. Like it's helpful to be like, okay, I want to grow my business or I want to grow my list or I want to make more money at my job or whatever those things are. Like that's a tangible item, mm-hmm. right? Like that's great. But like, the most important question in there is the second one is like, what do I have to do differently to get that? Right. Like if I walk out the door and say, I want a six pack, right. Like not a beat, not of can, but it like of abs, right. Like, but I don't change. I don't ever add ab workout, ab exercises into my workout. You could get a six pack without doing ab exercise. Correct. Or <laughs> I was going to say, stop eating like dark chocolate bar, you know, a whole dark chocolate bar a day, which I'm not doing that, but it just like, you know, or whatever. It's like, don't eat bread or cereal or any wheat. Like if I don't change what's going in my mouth either food wise, like that goal or of a six pack, it's like never, ever going to happen. I don't have a desire for a six pack. So it's like, um, we've both had close to perfect abs and I can like, yeah, at our wedding, I can definitely say for sure life was not better with perfect, with the closest thing I could get to, you know, the cultural ideal of a perfect stomach. Life was not better. No, and I didn't really see ab definition in my my abdominals. Part of I it mean, somewhat. It was did. On, yeah, but it was on that. Yeah, but there was no ab. Like, I didn't have an eight pack. I mean, but also so it's very genetic. Genetics. Genetic. Yeah. Okay. So this episode is not about getting a six pack. <laughs> no. If that's your goal, rock great. on. Great. Okay, great. So, <laughs> But just getting, that was an example that's taken us <laughs> off track. But just like, it's getting very, you know, it's also like, how do you want to feel? you know, in this process at the end of it. So go ahead. Okay. So here we are. Here are the three things. We've given you a lot of preamble. Here are the three things. When you look at your goals and what you want to create, you've answered those questions for 2020. Then I want you to ask yourself, and this is from Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, this brilliant question, which is, what is the one thing that I would need to do or to focus on in 2020 that would make everything else either inevitable or unnecessary. So what is the one thing? No, that's not the question. I just screwed that up. But I like my version. The real version is, what is the one thing that I would need to do to make everything else easier or unnecessary? But inevitable is a good one too. But anyway, so yeah, what is the one thing that I need to focus on or do that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? So I know for us, as an example, I know for 2020, because of what we have planned out promotion-wise and and with new products coming to the market and other affiliate things we're doing and all of that, the one thing 
that is going to make all of that easier or unnecessary, all the other things, is focusing on list growth. Mm -hmm. I know for 2020, if we really focus on list growth, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. So what do we need to do to make that happen? Well, that's like a whole other episode and a whole other conversation. But right now, I would rather... Well, we can just list two or three basic things. Okay, so for us, for list growth... Well, we haven't really mapped out well, our, our strategic you. plan. You tell me. Okay. I I was I, that was a setup question because I thought you were going to answer I thought you were it. actually asking me. And I no, was no, like, no. I don't know. I because haven't we, gotten into the detail. Today is a big picture episode. <laughs> we just, well, I want to give people <laughs> Some tactical examples. scientific yes. examples here. Based off, based off the comment. Well, I loved that she said <laughs> that they back it up with evidence most of the time. Mostly. Yeah. So mostly this is scientific. <laughs> um, this is this is I have is it a, hypoth- a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. That's the correct term, right? Yeah. We're, we're creating a hypothesis right now. So in science, if you ever want to do something scientific, you just say, this is my hypothesis. And then you're proving yourself right or wrong. What's your hypothesis about <laughs> So we talked about getting paid advertising going. I didn't want to say it. It's been a trigger in our relationship lately. (laughs) No, that's that's not actually the trigger. But it's like paid advertising. So that could be with Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads or LinkedIn ads or Pinterest ads or Twitter ads or whatever. Or you could put, you know, flyers on the telephone poles in your neighborhood, whatever. You know, those are all paid advertisement opportunities. If you have a dog walking business, that would be a smart idea. So it's looking at... So paid ads would be one. It's really taking one of our social platforms and becoming masters at how to use those. So that could be another one that's list growth. We've talked about you doing you know, your paperback book like launch party could possibly grow the list to somewhat. I think really I'm going to do that for fun. That's more fun. Yes. Just to be but honest. The, but no, I know. But that's... <laughs> that's, their... in the, that's in the strategy of fun. Well, all of this stuff can be fun, right? Should be fun. Well, I know. But that would be primarily for fun. Secondarily, yes. it might grow our business. So these are just three basic examples that I can, you know, just... Or it could be other things. This is not at this point we're doing. But just things that come to my head, maybe it's a, a weekly live show with your customers, right? It could be something that you are showing up for on a weekly basis that could be on a Facebook Live or Instagram Live, etc. Maybe you have a dedicated a certain time. I know I think Rachel and Dave Hollis do that every morning or something. They go live on Facebook and Instagram together. You know, these type of things can also grow your list. So for us, there we go. Love it. And of course, Mike and I will be working on the details of our plan over the next couple of months. And like, so then you can ask, so here's where we can really get into this. So the one thing then for us is going to be list growth, but then we might write out 20 different ideas for Mm -hmm. list growth because there's literally infinite numbers of things you could do. And if you're an origin member, we have an entire how to grow your email list lesson that you can go check out where there's a handout with 20 of these or more listed out for you. But then we would go through that list and say, okay, well, what's the one thing on this list that would make the rest of them easier or unnecessary? So that's, you can like really get down. So that's a, that's a super helpful question for getting focused and prioritizing. What I hear from so many people is I want to do less, but I don't understand how to prioritize. Like everything feels important. If you start asking yourself more powerful questions, like what is the one thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary, it will become clear what you need to focus on. And I promise you, when you focus on the one thing, the other things do become easier or unnecessary. But you have to break up with the brainwashing that has told you that you are more valuable the more things you do. Because when you start to practice the do less way, You also have to heal the part of you that thinks your worth is based on how busy you are because you can get really good results without being busy, but it's the little part of you. It's that child self that was brainwashed to believe that your worth is in how much you achieve that will be running the show, making you do all these other things as well that aren't necessary. It's also that child part of yourself that is saying, I don't know what to do first. It all seems important. That is not a grown-ass woman or grown-ass man running their business. That is somebody who is in resistance. Overwhelm is resistance. 
Overwhelm is a resistance to our greatness. And I don't actually believe for me, I'll just speak for myself. When I get overwhelmed, it is because I'm not tending to a part of myself that needs tending to, and I'm in resistance to my greatness. It's not actually really a thing. So that could be a whole other episode. Okay. So that's the one thing. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Number two is break the year into quarters and map out your quarters. Mm -hmm. Now, this is very simple, but a lot of people don't do it. All you need to do is take a piece of printer paper and draw a line down the middle, both directions. And then you have four quarters because 2020 has four quarters in it. January through March is a quarter. April through June is a quarter, July through September is a quarter, and October through December is a quarter. And then put in what you're going to do in each quarter. I really don't want you to have more than one to three, possibly, if you have a lot of bandwidth with your team, big projects per quarter. Like one is plenty. So I was doing this with our origin mastermind ladies for 2019 and they were mapping it out and it was hilarious how they were like, here's what I'm going to do in this quarter. I'm going to write my book and launch my podcast and create my digital, you know, my signature course. And I'm also going to do a PR campaign. Oh, and meanwhile, like, you know, I'm going to write this grant proposal or whatever. And it's just like, no, 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 no. You are setting yourself up for burnout. I can tell looking at somebody's plan what their year is going to be. And if you go out of the gate wanting to do 25 things, you won't even do one. Mm -hmm. So I would rather you do the one thing and knock it out of the park and do nothing else. Like if 2020 is launching your podcast, I want you to go all in. Now, it doesn't mean you might not also be doing, you know, your weekly deliverables. And, you know, if you're a coach or something like coaching your people, there are always going to be ongoing things that you're doing every quarter. Like for us, recording our podcast doesn't go in this quarterly map, like recording and sending out the podcast, because that's just something we do every week. For me, creating origin content is not going to go in the quarterly map, because that's just part of our business at this point. So what I'm talking about in these quarters are new, like, new projects that are going to require some creative and energetic and time yep. fuel. Like if we do an origin going. launch, that would go in the quarter. An origin right? launch would like go in the quarter. But like origin monthly map. content is not going in the quarter. Exactly. So there's a difference between your weekly and monthly deliverables and your promotions or new things. If you know like you're getting married, that needs to go in your quarterly map, for example. Yeah. I, I noticed a, also with the with the women at the retreat, they forgot about the big rocks in their life. Like if, if your kids are on vacation for the whole summer and you have they are not in camp and they're home with you, don't put anything in for your business. It's okay. If because uh, you will drive yourself crazy. If you're pregnant, that's a big one. You should put the due date in your quarter. Yeah. And also, yeah, the fourth trimester <laughs> yeah. should be blocked out. Yeah. So You know, everyone's going to be different here, but mapping out the quarters is incredibly helpful because, again, it really shows when you've put too much on your plate, Mm -hmm. visually speaking. And really, it should just be one to two, maybe three things per quarter that are big, but that may be too much. So there's also answers. It depends, right? So I'm listening to the Amy Porterfield podcast, right. right? Who we've had, we talked about DCA a few months ago. We love us some Amy Porterfield. Yeah. But she just rolled out her membership after she just got done with a live event, after she just finished rolling out DCA. Now, this has all been, I haven't talked to her about this. This is Mike doing system planning in his head about it. And she also has 13 full-time people, Yeah, right? So she is one woman who's able to get a lot of giant projects launched in Pretty much in in one quarter, basically one month almost. Right. Because DCA DCA closed September. October was live event and November is the the membership launch. Yes. She's launching it right now. Right. So it's basically within a 30 day period. All of these things have happened. Now they've been planned for much long. They were planned a long time ago, but she also has a lot of support. 
So you also, when you're doing this planning, and if it's just you doing your business right now, that is fantastic. Maybe you don't want a business with 13 full-time people because that adds a level of stress. I'm not sure I do. Yeah, that adds a level of stress that you have to build up to be able to handle that, right? There has to be, just like if I'm lifting weights, like I'm not going to be able to go pick up a 100-pound dumbbell today. I have to build up from 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, et cetera, right? And it's the same thing within business and what your emotional capabilities are. So if you have a business that has 10 full-time people, your ability to get things done is going to be, it could be quicker, it can be faster than someone that is solo by themselves or the amount of things that somebody wants to get done. And I think in that case, you might want to do a quarter map for yourself yes. and a quarter map for your company. Yes. Because I will say, like, I don't think any one person should have more than one to three new ramp up projects right. per quarter, but your company could. So, right, like Amy wasn't developing all of the DCA no. content and launch material while planning the entrepreneur experience while creating momentum all in Q3. Like Co- I correct. I yes. know this to be true. Correct. Um, different team members had these different things. So I think actually now that we're, I'm saying this, we're going to do this as a company. This will be a first time that Mike and I are each going to have a quarter map of what we're focused on. And then our company will have a quarterly map. And then each of our team members should have a quarter map as well of what they're focused on per quarter. Because it's not necessarily going to be, if you have multiple people, it's not necessarily going to be that everyone's focused on the same thing at the same time. Because, right, like in an event planning scenario, there's a bunch of things that need to happen that I wouldn't need to be part of. Right. But then it gets passed to me maybe a quarter later, right. and then I could work on something. You're so. planning. So we're having a mastermind event in February yeah. of next year, right? Your I'm job so is to plan the content, yes, right? And then we have an event planner that is helping plan the event. They will need to check things off with Kate, but she's not necessarily planning the event. She's just laying out the outline for what she desires, but then she's planning the content for the event. So of the event... What is the most important thing for her to do? Number one is to show up. She needs to be there physically. Number two is to have her content prepared. Actually, number two is to tend to my energy so that I am fully present and filled up while I'm there. Great. And then number three is the content. Okay. So, perfect. (laughs) So, number three would be the content that is happening. But that content is going to be prepared in like January or December before the live you're not preparing that well, content like, so the, event the day of the people, event people the event people probably our event is in their q4 quarterly plan yes for me it's going to be in q1 yes. of 2020 because of the sequence correct of yes yeah right so cool so that's the quarterly plan then number three i want to talk about runways because the number one mistake that we have made in our company and that i see people making over and over again and this is still a lesson we're learning is we need a longer runway for our promotion so i always think about the movie jaws you were gonna need a bigger boat which i have never seen that movie because it would be too scary for me but roy scheider who said that line was my godfather. And so it's like a very special, it's a very special place in my heart, even though I don't know that I'll ever go see the movie. But he's great in all that jazz playing Bob Fosse. I've seen many of his other movies. But I always think about we're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a longer runway. Because when you have a really awesome runway before your promotions, they're way more successful. I see a lot of people like just emailing their list being like, Hey, I made this thing. Want to buy it? And there was no, like there was no preparing your list. You haven't been in conversation with them. And listen, in 2010, that worked. Mm -hmm. That's how Mike and I got started. There wasn't really this such thing so much as a launch runway then. Like it was just like, Oh my God, the internet. Wow. It's like printing money out of your computer screen. That's how it felt when we first got started. But the game has changed the market is more saturated and this is a good thing because it is requiring us to deliver higher value and to play a bigger game. It's the same as the comment from we started this episode off about the skepticism. Right. Is it's so like I can make my website look like any other man on the on the internet. Right. Like I can design the exact same thing. I mean, this is what happened before Marie redesigned her website. 
you would go around to everyone's website and it looked exactly like marieforleo.com. Right. And so it was crazy. And so you can make it look like you know what you're doing, but there's a lot of skepticism that plays into this, which I think is a very healthy and I think it's a very good thing to have. Right. And then as you are, and so your audience and your customers would be like, well, let me check out so-and-so. And then you're building that relationship over time. Right. That's the thing. So a longer runway builds a relationship. So what do we mean by a runway? Well, so I think you want to map out. So let's pretend you were going to launch a podcast. Is this a good example? I'm going to say, let's pretend you're going to launch it. This, this applies regardless of what you're launching. It could be a podcast. It could be a book. It could be a digital course. It could be a membership, whatever. But let's just pretend it's a digital course. You need a minimum of six weeks of runway. Three weeks would be pretty good, but six weeks would be amazing if you really want to go for it. Mm -hmm. And this is a big deal for you. Three months would be incredible. I'm launching a signature course in 2020, which I'm so excited about. And you can bet your bippy will be doing a three month launch runway to some degree. That process has already started now. Like yes. we're not promoting it, but the yeah, thought but process. Yeah, but me saying it right yes. now, it's part of the launch runway. That's correct. Right? Like I'm planting a seed that this is going to be coming yes. in May of 2020, mm-hmm. which boom, the launch runway has begun seven months in advance. But, but here's what I mean by a launch runway. This is when you need to ask yourself the question. And I think I got this from Rye Schwartz who's a copywriter who taught inside Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy. So this is just so you know, like I didn't come up with this, but I've been loving it lately. You need to ask yourself, what do my customers need to know, understand, or believe in order to be prepared to make this basically a no-brainer purchase? He calls it coaching the conversion. He might be a good guest to have on at some point. I'll just write that down. But so... Basically, this idea is you are walking your audience, your social audience, your email audience through a process where you're educating them, inspiring them, telling stories, connecting with them so that by the time your cart is open for your course, let's say, they are ready to buy then. So then you don't have to do like Now, of course, you'll still be overcoming objections and answering questions and things like that. But they have been coached all along the runway to be prepared. Stu McLaren talks about it a little bit differently in that he has these five phases of a launch. And if you've ever heard him speak or you listen to his podcast or listen to him on other people's podcasts, this is his framework. So you've probably heard it before. And it's great, which is that phase one is connection content. So connection content is like based on your values, based on what you stand for, based on what drives you crazy. As an example, and we can link this in the show notes, I did as part of the, this was the pre-launch runway for Origin. It was in January of 2017. I came out with a video called The State of the Union for Mother Entrepreneurs. And it was a video that was basically a call to arms of like, ladies, this is really hard, but we're making it harder than it needs to be. For us, that was a viral piece of content. We didn't do any Mm -hmm. paid advertising and it went crazy on the internet. That was like the idea of, so I wasn't, there was no call to action. I wasn't selling anything, but people were connecting and sharing it because they were like, I believe that too. So that's that kind of connection content. And that can be part of your pre-launch runway. Now, Mike and I are doing that every single week here on the podcast and on social media. So you probably are too, or you may be, but you really want to be thinking about like, what do I stand for? And we look at just in terms of ideas for this kind of content, connection content, we look at our Instagram analytics every week and our Facebook analytics every week, and it's become clear what topics people go nuts for. So now I have my kind of like, you know, little bucket of topics that I know, of course, I'll talk about something else every now and again, just because I feel like it. But like, I know it's a pretty sure bet that our audience is going to love something about, I'm not going to tell you what the topics are, but we should I, I feel like it like takes away the magic. <laughs> I mean, I, it's people like are going to show audience, up if they want to. So our audience, I'll, I'll tell you what I know for sure the topics are. Sharing anything about how motherhood is hard. Like anytime I'm really honest about motherhood goes crazy. Um, the New England Patriots. What? 
the New England Patriots. That's a topic people show up for here. <laughs> um, if I ever talk about football on my Instagram, I've probably died. <laughs> and like someone's taken over. Okay, the Patriots are not one of them. So like honesty in motherhood is a big one. Yep. Anything about body, body positivity, loving our bodies, anything like that goes pretty nuts. Interestingly enough, memes with swears, people go crazy. People love it. People love memes with swears. And then honestly, like, and this I think goes in the same category of honesty about motherhood, but people just love, they go nuts for when I show up and share something I'm struggling with and what I'm learning in the moment. And I'm not trying to say like I'm using authenticity. Like it it gets, there's a line of grossness, right? Mm -hmm. So I do not show up to share the inner workings of what's hard in our life for the algorithm. I do it because I think it might help somebody and I'm never going to be like crying in a closet for me. I'm not going to be like crying in my closet, like doing a Facebook live or an Instagram live or posting in that moment. Like when I post about something, I am at the point where I have something that I think might help somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's my style. So anyway, that's connection. I'm going to start doing that though. Can you not start crying in the closet and then <laughs> t- talk out to? I mean, is that somebody's brand? That's great. It's just not our brand. That's correct. Okay. So that's connection content. Then awareness content is phase two. And awareness content is becoming aware of the thing that you are not your product specifically, but essentially the problem that your product solves. So what I mean by that is. Wait, am I saying these things correctly? I don't know. See, now I think I'm screwing it up. Well, we can pause and come back to this when we're anyway. We we started talking about like, runways. I know. So, but here's here's the here are some elements of the runway. There's the connection content that's just about shared values and what's important to you. And people will share it and people will get excited. It doesn't necessarily have a call to action. Then there is content that is making people aware of the problem that you're solving. So in our example, like before my book came out, we had these 12 vlogs that came out that were all elements of the do less message that were little helpful snippets. So that was kind of awareness of doing less to achieve more and that awareness that 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 is possible. So does that make sense? So so like that content came out and the call to action was pre-order the book. So that actually did have a call to action. And then another type of content are case studies and customer success stories. So we have used that kind of content in our runway, or we did, now it's closed, but of promoting the Origin Incubator and the Origin Mastermind. So having the women from 2019 on our podcast was part of our pre-launch runway. Mike and I did the masterclass on how to make decisions about big investments in your business. So that was part of the pre-launch runway. So those are all kind of Mm -hmm. examples. And then the other thing that would be part of your pre-launch runway, we said case studies, testimonials, but the way that you would be presenting these things could be a variety of ways. They could be videos native on Facebook, videos on YouTube. If you know you're going to launch a course, like your podcast content for the six weeks leading up to that course should be about topics that would help your customer with that part about what do people need to know, understand, or believe in order to be ready. Mm -hmm. So like with Amy's Digital Course Academy, we're using her as an example because we were just part of this launch. Her podcast content leading up to the launch was, you know, really teaching people why having a digital course business is such a great idea. And then she was helping them make some simple early decisions, like what type of course would be best for you? And what is your course title going to be? So then she had free pre-launch content, like her ultimate course creation starter kit, and the what type of course is good for you quiz. So those were also part of her Mm pre-launch runway. So she was... And I want you to think about for your pre-launch runway, what are some of the things... Now we're in like a whole pre-launch runway 
I know you really, sorry. I really went in on here. We'll do, maybe we'll do another one later, but basically I'm going to wrap this up by just saying like, you want to be thinking about your customer's journey before they buy from you and thinking about what they need to understand. What decisions do they need to make? What kind of experience do they need to have in order for when it's time for your course to go live or your thing to go live for them to be ready to go? So you are warming them up. Mm -hmm. You are priming the pump. And if you put that on the calendar, so I mapped out the calendar for 2020 on my flight last week. And I put in our editorial spreadsheet, which we keep on Google Drive, I put the, you know, the four to six weeks as a pre-launch runway before every promotion so that I knew when I go to put in the topics for those podcasts that they need to be geared. So it's not just like some random thing. And then we're in the pre-launch for a course and I didn't, we didn't even talk about it on the podcast. And then I also put them in my Google calendar. And then we'll also be talking to the team about that as we map it out. Cause we have a team Google calendar as well as my Google calendar, as well as Mike's Google calendar. And Mike and I can see each other's Google calendars on our own calendars. Anyway, so how many times did you just say Google? I calendar? don't know, but that was the <laughs> runway. If you put the runway in your calendar ahead of time, it just makes it so much easier because then, you know, your Facebook lives, like all of the things are going to be geared and it gets you, you know, it's the difference between, and I, if you've been hanging out here a while, you'll know this analogy. It's the difference between the fine mist setting on your hose and the power spray setting. I want you in power spray setting so that your energy and your time and your attention is focused on this one promotion or one goal or one outcome, as opposed to like, oh, I'm launching my podcast and writing my book and doing this course over here and doing this group coaching thing over here. It will confuse your audience if you're talking about a ton of things all at the same time, and it will dilute your energy and you will be fine misting everybody instead of power spray. If you power spray, you're going to get a much better result. And so that's where the runway comes in. If you can put that on your calendar ahead of time, you get yourself all organized and you're going to get a much better result from your promotions, whatever you are promoting. Yes. Okay. I just want to add one thing. I mean, Kay gave a lot of examples about how to create different things for your audience, et cetera. Like even sharing what Amy did, all that stuff to lead into your pre-launch content. Sometimes creating all this content can be super overwhelming for people, right? So you don't necessarily have to create everything, but you can curate content. So like mm-hmm. that article I shared earlier about Netflix, if I have, if my list is business owners, they're going to find it interesting. So I can also just email out that. I can just email to say, hey, I just read this today. I found this very interesting. Like, check it out. And that's it. Like, that can be part of the content that you're sharing with your audience. It doesn't mean you have to create everything yourself. You know, it can be sharing this podcast, for example. We have a lot of guests on here. We are curating those guests. Like, we're a curation podcast for guests to share their book and what they're speaking about, et cetera. And then we're learning in that process. So it's not necessarily where, you know, Kate is really good at creating content and writing and blogs and books and all that stuff. Not everyone is. And so you don't necessarily have to create everything yourself either. Right. And it depends on your business. Correct. We happen to be in the content creation business. You might be selling socks, right? Like my cousin Rachel sells socks. And so if Rachel and she's a brick and mortar. So if Rachel was to she was going to have a new sock line. You know, she could be sharing funny memes about like if let's pretend it was going to be some sort of high performance, you know, wool blend sock for athletes. I don't know. Like she might have a two week launch runway where she was doing some doing like a demo in the store where you could come try on the socks and then sharing on social about this particular brand and maybe some of their stuff so that once the socks were in the store, she had built some enthusiasm and there was anticipation. So more people will come and buy the socks. And that's a situation where Rachel wouldn't be creating content, right? She'd be talking about the socks and all the different things that somebody she could share pictures of her wearing the socks, all the different activities you could use with the socks, benefits of these socks, like that kind of thing. Mm hmm. Great. Awesome. So in review, we have, you want to ask yourself, what is the one thing that would make everything in 2020 easier or unnecessary? So what's the one thing I need to focus on for us in 2020? It's list growth. And then of course, we'll be breaking that down. And then we will choose the one list growth strategy that we would be focusing on. 
though we will probably do more than one. Number two is create your quarterly map. If you are a solopreneur, just you. But you may create one for yourself and then one for your company. Or and one for your personal life. Also one for your personal life. Although I do want to say I would put your personal things on the same quarterly map. Correct. But if you like Amy Porterfield, we'll use her again because we've been talking about Amy all episode. Also, I've been totally listening to her podcast all the time. Yeah. And so her and Hobie, <laughs> her husband, right. he is a firefighter. She is not a firefighter. Um, but he knows his vacations for next year yeah. now. And so they put it on their calendar and they share it where his va- the vacations are and then what launches she has going on. So they're on the same page to be like, oh, I know this week's going to be busy, et cetera. Right. So she schedules her launches so that they're not happening at the same time while Hobie's on vacation. They plan their vacations as a family together around Hobie's vacation it, schedule. That's what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then number three. Well, I thought you made it sound like Hobie goes on vacation by himself, which he might at some times. No, I said. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, that's why I repeat it. Okay. And then finally, put your pre-launch runways, plan your runways and put them in your calendar because you will really prevent a lot of scrambling and you will massively improve your sales and results if you are focusing in on messaging in the six to 12 weeks leading up to a launch, then if you just all of a sudden come out with an email and are like, hey, I have this thing. So please, for Mm -hmm. the love of God, it's a great do less strategy. Work your runway. Work your runway. Now I'm thinking of RuPaul. And now we have this whole other analogy that I'm having happen. Also, Mike and I, I think you've heard this. If you listen a lot, we've been really obsessed with Pose on FX. So there's a whole runway situation happening there. And now I have to say, I am so much more excited about all of our pre-launch runways because there's this whole other thing happening in my mind around drag and camp. And I'm loving this. So (laughs) thank you so much for listening. I'm going on an adventure in my imagination right now. And we are going to be, folks, we are going to be working our runways in 2020. And I hope you join us. (laughs) See you on the next episode. (laughs) The Do Less Planner will be available for pre-order so soon. But in the meantime, if you want to get on the wait list to be one of the very first people to hear when this gorgeous planner becomes available for pre-order because we're doing a very limited first run and they will sell out fast, then you can head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash planner to get on the wait list to hear when the pre-order is ready. katenorthup.com forward slash planner.